your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Well, good morning to you. With Ban Ki-moon wrapping up his status as Chief of the United Nations by the end of this year, we are going to be looking at some fierce speculation about his political future here in South Korea. But there'll also be a great deal of talk about who's going to take on the mantle of leading the United Nations. One of the contenders... Danilo Turk, former president of the Republic of Slovenia and visiting professor at the Columbia University School of Law, New York, joins us on the line now to talk about his own chances and thoughts about the position. Good morning to you from Seoul. It's a great honor to have you with us. Good morning. And uh, it's also a great honor to have you helping us celebrate our new season as well. But getting on to the serious business of, of the United Nations, how would you describe yourself as a potential leader of this organization and its importance? Well, I would describe myself as a son of the United Nations. I have worked with the United Nations in various capacities as human rights expert, as diplomat, a member of the Security Council, and also as Assistant Secretary General for Political Affairs for a few years. So I have a pretty good idea about what the UN is and how it should work in the future. That's how I would describe myself. Of course, I can describe myself by referring about to my previous experience, but also to my vision for the future. And that I have done uh, in my discussions with the General Assembly and with the UN Security Council. This time around, we're, we're going to see the United Nations Secretary General chosen in a very different way, aren't we? Can you explain that to us? Well, this is true. I am very happy to see that this change has started to come. It has been discussed in the past. The basic idea is that the whole process has to be made more transparent, more open, more um, in the sense of dialogue between candidates and the general membership of the United Nations, as well as with the civil society groups, with NGOs. And uh, last year, the General Assembly has adopted a resolution which provided a procedure for that. Uh, this year, we have spent quite a number of months uh, in discussions, which I think have given membership a good sense of who the candidates are, what their specific profiles are. And I believe that this is all good for the organization. Now, of course, we are now at the stage when the Security Council is looking at uh, the 10 candidates who are there and will have to choose one to be nominated or to be submitted for final decision to the General Assembly. And this current process is uh, less uh, transparent than the previous parts. So we are uh, in, a, in a moment when uh, the decisions will have to be made uh, with, with great care. You have an interesting United Nations background that you've already described to us, but also particularly when we talk about human rights. And that is surely one of the UN's great roles on the world stage, isn't it? Well, as you would know, uh, this was not so from the beginning. I mean, because the Charter of the United Nations, which was adopted in 1945, says very little about human rights. Later, there were instruments uh, adopted by the United Nations, the Universal Declaration, various international treaties, and they have defined the legal framework of human rights uh, in, an, in, a in an activity which lasted about three decades. Uh, in, since then, uh, the UN is involved in mainly in implementation of human rights. 
But one has to understand the complexity of this task, uh, the controversial nature of many of the elements of these tasks, and obviously something that would require a lot of work in the future. I believe that the role of human rights programs is increasing. It is becoming more and more part of the main part of the uh, UN work, but there is still a long way to go. As um, a United Nations Secretary General, would you take a different approach to a very thorny issue like North Korea, for example? I mean, there are several elements there, but uh, let's start with the human rights. Well, you know, I would not like to describe myself uh, in terms of difference between me or anybody else, including the current Secretary General, because I believe that the Secretary General always has to find the best way in circumstances as they are. And obviously, when you mention North Korea, you have to understand that this is a very old problem for the United Nations, which is technically speaking, in terms of pure legal analysis, in, in, at war with, uh, with, uh, with North Korea. I mean, there is a ceasefire of 1953, which is holding, and after which uh, many things have happened, including the membership of both North and South Korea in the United Nations. Mm. But uh, the, uh, this legal detail, this legal peculiarity reminds us that this is really a very special and very old problem for, for the international community and for the United Nations. Obviously, if you are interested, we can talk about what to do now. Uh, what, I want, what I wanted to emphasize is that uh, there are no quick fixes there. Uh, this is an old problem, and policies that have to deal with this problem will have to be worked out uh, over a period of time. Well, this also ties in with um, the whole nuclear question. If, if North Korea is not going to pay attention to sanctions, if we can't get into North Korea and there's no way of influencing their leadership in the short term, and I know you said there are no quick fixes, it makes the United Nations look a little bit toothless. That's from the outside. What would you say to that criticism? I would say that the mechanism which was uh, developed in the past decades to deal with these issues has been partly in the United Nations, but partly outside the United Nations. The main negotiating forum for South Korea was, uh, for, excuse me, for North Korea was, uh, uh, the so-called six-party talks, which included, obviously, South Korea as one of the parties. And much of that was done outside the United Nations, uh, uh, you know, as a result of uh, political judgment uh, taken within the group of states which are most affected, six states involved in these talks. Uh, they were not entirely successful. And now, of course, the question is what to do next. Now, as you know, the Security Council has adopted sanctions, and I think that there is still a large area that could be covered by further sanctions, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but at the political level, I think that five of the six parties should work closely together to figure out how they want to approach the issue in the coming months and in the coming year. The thing is, you've got two of those parties, China and Russia, and China in particular is seen as being key in it, ensuring the success of any United Nations sanctions. But you've got that Security Council where these powerful countries have veto-wielding powers. And again, when I talk about the UN as being criticized as toothless before, that's one of the reasons for that, it would seem, is that it's very difficult to bring about a common view and common interest between the United States on the one hand and China on the other. It could be potentially the case that under your stewardship as UN Secretary General, if you are successful in taking on this role, you could see 
that particular relationship intensify further? Certainly. Look, I would like to say that, um, I mean, we have seen a certain very important uh, moves in the development of relations between China and the United States. Just think about climate change. Now, you might say that this is outside the scope of international peace and security, but let us not uh, overestimate the differences. They exist, clearly, but they can be overcome, and we have seen that in many situations. So I think that uh, bringing the great powers together behind a common program that would involve sanctions, but also negotiations and the way out, uh, is something that the next Secretary General has to participate in. Again, uh, let us know that the history is more complex than UN uh, instruments uh, themselves, because, as I explained at the beginning, the, the uh, whole process was partly outside the United Nations. Yes. We have to figure out how much, uh, you know, how much should remain outside the United Nations. My own preference would certainly be that the whole thing is dealt with within the United Nations, the Security Council, the International Atomic Energy Agency, uh, sanctions regimes which can be tightened, which can be developed further, and obviously all this done in a manner which would bring the great powers closer together. There is no realistic option which would somehow neglect the vital role that the great powers like China and the United States and Russia, of course, play in this uh, context. Well, there's never before been a UN Secretary General from Eastern Europe. You could be the first. We're just about out of time for now, but thank you so much for joining us, and, and we wish you all the best with your efforts. Thank you very much, and let me say, since we talked about uh, uh, North Korea a lot, uh, I, when I worked as Assistant Secretary General, I followed the uh, Korean dossier very carefully, and I am familiar with the difficulties involved. And one has to understand that a superficial look at the United Nations always uh, suggests that there is something lacking. And that is true, but more importantly, <laughs> something lacking is an invitation to fill the gaps. And that's something that the Secretary General has to try to do. Well, if it is you, good luck. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for your attention. Danilo Turk, former President of Slovenia and would-be United Nations Secretary General in celebration of our new season. If you want to share your message with us, you can do so right now. Pound a sharp 1013 for 51 per message. And tweet us at EFM This Morning. Facebook message us as well. Search us there, TBS EFM This Morning.